Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to your all-time favorite podcast, or at least probably mine, since it's the only one I'm yes, in. I feel that way. This is my favorite podcast. Me too. So Extreme Common Sense, uh, thanks for checking us out, guys. As you know, I'm Trisden. I'm Ray. And we sort of come together to try and find some middle ground on some of these issues. I just told you in a recorded blurb from six months ago that when both sides hate us, we'll have won. But hopefully the actual ultimate goal would be to have people come together a little bit and not hate each other so recklessly. And is it not- six months? Has it been that long? Probably. Ish. Probably. It's been a minute. I remember we were just talking with Troy, our fine studio engineer who's always upgrading equipment. Look at that fancy new board. That's nice. And uh, the very first show we did sitting in this studio, which has a beautiful window that looks out on Broadway. Is that Broadway? We'll call it Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. North Broadway. And um, um, it was literally a um, greenhouse. Do you remember (laughs) that first day? It was pretty warm. It's like, oh my. Yeah, God. toasty. Not quite as warm today on yeah. this 20th day of December. Can we say that? We're never 20? sure when. The, although I think you're going to get this show to air Friday, aren't you? Yeah, so we're t- taping to the December 20th. Yes, hopefully you guys will hear this on, what, the 24th? Yes, Christmas nice. Eve, and we're doing the war on Christmas. Yeah, the war. The evil, liberal, Democrat war on Christmas. Does that exist? So are we going to jump right into the topic this week? That's pretty cool. Man, if you want, I'm always up for whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, did you have a decent week? Yeah, pretty good week. Uh, it's just busy, as I'm sure you are. You're just getting all the yeah, last Yeah, it's real minute. busy. My, and, and I didn't mean to digress on this, but just you have to put a point of personal pride, I guess. Is that not pride, but just a, a friendship. Lost a dear friend this past week. Now, Donna was uh, 78, turned 79 in the hospital, passed away from COVID. Very, very healthy woman. So I manage and run a bowling center in Richmond, Kentucky that opened in 2001 and Donna went to work. It opened in July of 2001 and Donna went to work there in September of 2001. She was there 20 years and she, um, you know, for what it's worth and it's not to score a political point, she was not vaccinated. She was a very conservative woman. And, and that's not why I bring that up. It's just a, it's a matter of fact, but I do remember her standing in the doorway and telling me and my partner, Lucas, you know, oh, that's, I don't, I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. Well, damn it, Donna. But at any rate, um, she has to, may she rest in peace. And it was terrible loss because she was uh, crusty and she was opinionated, but she was, you know, God bless her. She didn't stop moving. She'd work with any 25 year old, you know, and she, was 78 years old and and she had some years stolen she would have hit 90 yeah if not for covid because otherwise her health was fine yeah and now, so that was kind of crummy she was the lady uh, you know again this is probably more yeah, for you've been me and you than you know the folks listening sure. but she was the lady you would call in kind of high pitch voice yeah a little bit yeah, yeah she, she would was, answer the phone fairly often she at, was at my fellow new jersey buddy her okay. and i were from new jersey yeah. donna and her husband i, I Don. liked her well enough to call yeah, in and yeah, you would yeah. speak to donna yeah, yeah well no, people misunderstood that, her she was a little bit she she seemed a little distant and cold but once you got to know her she had a heart of gold and was literally the most honest person i ever met in my life literally would not take a nickel i mean if she was was like 
I'm, I'm short of eggs. Can I take two eggs and I'll put a dollar? Donna, take the two eggs home. Don't worry about it or, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was there longer than I was, you know, longest tenured employee. And we were, uh, you know, and, and it took a while to get to know her. But once you got to know her, she was wonderful. But we had, she raised her family in Jersey and moved here in retirement when one of her daughters had come to Eastern. Um, and they retired relatively young. They retired in their mid-50s. I think they did pretty well. Her husband had a business in Jersey, which they sold in the mid-90s when they were each in their mid-50s. They sold a home up there. And, you know, if you can get that Northeastern money and come to a place like oh, Kentucky, you, live like a king. you do well. They bought 33 acres out in a very r- r- rural part of Madison County, almost to Irvin, had a beautiful place out there, and uh, had only very recently in the last year moved over to McCready Manor, you know, because they're both in their upper 70s. The house was getting to be a little much. Yeah. And um, when her daughter came to tell us that she had passed away, I asked how her, Don, how her dad was doing. And she said, not well, because he was one of these guys that, or is one of these guys that Donna literally left a meal for when she bowled Tuesday nights Oh wow! to put into the microwave with instructions, you know, how to use the microwave. Right. So just keep a good thought, lost a good friend too close to Christmas. And that always stinks. Man, I really hate to hear that. And, yeah. and, and you'd sort of touch uh, sort of incidentally on something that I've struggled with a bit and it's, man, nobody likes liberals that are using sickness and death to, to push a vaccine. Yeah, no, but, no, and, I don't want to no, do no, that. And you're certainly not doing yeah. that. And I've struggled because I've lost friends and I've had sick family. And I want to say, you know, on social media, I want to say, God damn it, guys, please take this vaccine and stop, stop listening to these, you know, alternative facts and these things that aren't true. But it just, there's no right way to tell you you're getting misinformation and please listen to the scientists and the doctors because people feel like it's good information that they're trusting to not take this vaccine. Uh, That's a great point, Tristan. And, and I brought it up only because it is a fact now, is there someone listening who could say, oh, you shouldn't have said that at all, right? Yeah, possibly. That might be a fair critique. But to Tristan's point, I do want to put that out there because here's what I believe. Call me crazy. And this is terrible because she's not with us. I believe if Donna were vaccinated, she would be with us. Well, I think the numbers bear that out. The numbers bear that out. So, you know, that is a point. And and to, and, and again, there's a lot of points here, but to what you just said, I don't want to use that as a cudgel to beat anyone up. God darn it. No, but I will just leave it at that. I believe if Donna were vaccinated, you know, and I'm a person who's got a little bit of class. I certainly didn't say to her daughter when she walked in to tell her her mom had lost her, her fight that, oh, you know, Tammy, if your mother would have been vaccinated, because that's pretty classless. And you do You see wouldn't that. say that to some, oh, that's me. I'm, my bad. You wouldn't, uh, uh, let me mute that darn thing. I actually have a friend of ours who's a listener. He said, did I hear your phone ringing? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Periodically, we, we just like to keep it real with some ambient noise. Yeah. We, we don't want people to think we're too, you know, we're churching it up too much. But that is a great point, Tris. And I, I don't want to, and I, and I apologize to anybody if they think that's what I was doing. I wasn't, but it was just a matter of fact that, you know, Donna wasn't vaccinated. And it's a matter of fact that of the deaths now, like overwhelmingly, like 93% are an unvaccinated people. Yeah. No, it's really hard because, and, and you can speak to this and I certainly can. There's people that I just care about so deeply right now that are not vaccinated. And I've made these calls and I've risked, you know, friendships and, and family ships to say, you know, I really wish you would get the vaccine. And I know you're hearing some stuff that you don't like. I know there's, a, you know, an occasional case of heart inflammation, you know, one out of 400,000 people, you know, there is nobody saying there's no risk. But if you look at the numbers that bear out, 
you're just going to find the vaccine versus not having it is so much safer. And I saw somebody, I think on meet the press, it's probably been a couple of weeks ago uh, when, when Delta first started spreading pretty hard. And, and now of course, Omicron is spreading. You either are going to get the vaccine or you are going to get COVID. Mm. And I thought, man, that's, that's a, that's amazing. And it, and it seems like that's the case. Like the people that I know had the conversation with a buddy today the people that have made a real strong effort to try to avoid it with the masking, with the vaccine seem to be, you hear about them getting it less right? than the people that have just, you know, liberal plotters, this is stupid. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a cuck. I'm not going to listen to, you know, whatever. So it's sad, man. And, and, and I don't want to bring politics into it. I just don't want people to die if they don't have to. Yeah. Certainly the people that I care about right. or the people I work with, you know, our old boss, I won't say his name on the air, but I've, you know, asked him 10 times, man, you need to get this. You oh, really, has he not? Really? He's not got it. Uh, and really? He, he said he was close. He does said he, he was, does he cite a reason? Now we're, now we're off on the damn we, vaccine. So we, we sound are. hypocritical, but does he because I never did ask Donna, because I, yeah. I didn't even have that conversation sure. like I wish you would have. Now, I did ask a younger guy who works with us at Galaxy who wasn't vaxxed, and he said, um, and I said, if you don't mind me asking, Tyler, I don't care to give his name. Now, I say younger. He's probably in his late 30s, so he's not a kid kid. And he said, and and he's a he's a uh, an engineer, actually, by trade, bright guy, very well-spoken, uh, comports himself well, and that's why I asked him. And he said that he just wasn't comfortable that he still felt like it was rushed. And he's working for a place that may mandate it. And he's really um, kind of betwixt and between as to what he'll do if they mandate it. Is it worth his job? So we talked a little bit about that. Maybe he'd be a good guest, although it's tough to pin him down. But yeah, he said that he wasn't um, comfortable. I guess that thing of it was rushed, but now we're two, two and a half years in. So was it really rushed? I, I don't know. Well, I think there's a, a great point to be made that the COVID that we, the strain that we saw is a newer strain, the strain that swept the world that the reason people have been locked down, but COVID has been around for a very long time. Right. So there has been a lot research. of pre-research. Pre yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like we were starting Absolutely from scratch. Exactly. So there was a lot of technology geared toward this anyway. There was. There was a lot of research. So, you know, people And there was misinformation and it and, and a lot right. of it comes down to misinformation. You know, Dr. Falsey, as the right wants to call him now, you know, the whole masking thing was crazy. And I think he should have or whatever he represents that part of this debate should have done a better job letting people know that it was very similar to the flu in that nobody ever went and got a flu vaccine, which I still have not gotten one. Maybe this year will be the year. But anybody, pharmacist or whoever who administered the flu vaccine to you never told you you can't get the flu. This protects you, and you'll get a more milder version if you get it. If this vaccine works the way we think it should, it is it is protection from the flu, but it doesn't mean you can't get it, but you should get a, ver a, a version that is milder. Well, it was the same. But there were a lot of people who, my sister up in Jersey, who's pretty far right, you see, Buzzy, this is the reason that vaccine doesn't work. People are getting it. No, that's not the reason it doesn't work. But the people who are getting COVID are getting much more mild versions, right. and they are not dying of COVID. Yeah, the 90-year-old guy is going to be sick for a few weeks yeah. more often than not. But now again, this, this is not a, a fix all nobody on the left or anybody, hopefully in science is saying, you know, get the vaccine and you absolutely will be safe. People will die with the vaccine. It's just more often than not, you're very old with a lot of underlying conditions and probably you're in a situation where flu would have killed you. Like you're in a nursing home well, and you're extremely 
ill But again, Driz, and people will die, but it's like 93 oh, to yes. 7. Yeah, 93% to I, 7%. I, I heard the, uh, the so. other day, uh, 47% less, or maybe 47 times less likely to get, yeah. to be hospitalized with the vaccine. So yes, it's going to happen. If you're trying to not get the shot and you really just want to find an example, oh, well, people are going to get it regardless. But yes, you're extremely less likely to die. You're extremely less likely to be hospitalized. It's just much safer. And the problem is, look, if this was 1954, when we all had maybe not trust for the government, but maybe we were all a little bit more on the same page. Yes. You know, if we saw people dying, we would just all go get the damn thing. But whether we like it or not, the Internet and this false information, Bill Gates is microchipping us. Look, I had a guy email me about a baseball card this week and tell me how there's a microchip in the vaccine. Look. Now, that's a guest we got to get on. Uh, we, we may have to bring this guy on. He was telling me about FEMA death camps and stuff. I mean, look, there's a lot of information online that's easily provable as false. But if folks aren't taking the time, look, if you don't want to get the vaccine anyway and you're looking for some information, you can find it. We'll try and get to the war on Christmas, but this just <laughs> intrigues me. So almost invariably, now here we go. It's extreme common sense and we want to be fair to everybody, but we're going to sound like we're beating up our conservative friends. At any rate... Almost invariably, all of what you're talking about, everything that we bring up relative to Bill Gates and the chip in your arm and Dr. Falsy and all, these are people on the far right, if not the center to far right. Where is the equivalence of that crazy on the left? Where are all the left conspiracy theories? Where is all the kookiness? And I'm not saying it doesn't exist, sure. but, but it seems much more prominent. All of all, the, the, the crazy anti-vaxxers are 99 to 1 conservative, are they not? Yes. It's a funny point, right? And I'll beat up the left a little bit. I'll take you beating up the right there and go, it's funny that all the 9-11 conspiracies came were mostly on the left. Were mostly on the left. True. And it almost true. completely flipped That's from, true. from that to now the conspiracy right. side is the right. And I, I don't know, you know <laughs> what the reason necessarily for that is. And look, I'm, I don't care about Dr. Fauci. I mean, he is what he is. But if you're looking at him neutrally... He served under several presidents of both parties, so it's not like he's some left-wing nut job. Like he's just, yeah, does he like the spotlight a little bit? There's an argument for that. Maybe he likes the TV appearances. I don't know, but I don't think he, he gets anything out of misrepresenting the right. disease or coming on and trying to screw people into right. getting a microchip. I just think that's outlandish. Right. That's a great point, though, about 9/11. This young young kid who works for us, and and uh, he is. Just all it, you know, long hair, hippie, you know, long hair, hippie type pinko, you know, like just everything you would imagine. And we're talking, and he's a great kid. He's great. He's like an adopted son. But we're talking one day, maybe about a year, six months into his tenure. And he's with us now six years. And he's like, you know, he's talking about all this left wing stuff. And then he throws something in about how George, well, you know, George Bush did September 11th. Do what? <laughs> what? And my point always to that is, and you're, it's just crazy. That's a great point because they are typically nutty lefties, you know, however they arrived at that. But my point is, if you believe that Bush could have done that attack, then why were the weapons of mass destruction ever found? Point being that if he was able to manufacture this attack, he could have manufactured weapons somewhere right. and said that then when you say that, people go... Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Extreme that's common a, sense, Tristan. A, yeah, no, that's a great point. I, we are a little commercial today. I sort of, of touch a little of that. But no, it's a great point. And I think the conspiracy stuff, look, 
It's not like our government's never done anything bad. It's not like we're sitting here in the middle saying never question authority or the government or what you're putting in your body. But look, there's a point where, look, the, the Democratic Party nor the Republican Party is smart enough to pull off some type of major worldwide conspiracy. Neither party. They're just not going to do that with the tens of thousands of people and the millions of crisis actors and, and the amount of energy that it would take to do that. Look, they can't get bills passed. They're not going to be able to orchestrate worldwide conspiracies. <laughs> so my point is, look, I just think the numbers are going to bear this out. And again, I, I if this comes off left, I'm sorry. I am left with the vaccine. Man, get the vaccine. Get the booster. You know, especially if you're older. Look, you can be 20 maybe and, and think on it for another year. You're probably going to be okay. But man, well, you, I don't know that if you have that liberty if you're 70 years old. Right and now. I certainly didn't bring up the loss of Donna to make any political course, point. No, and, no, it's, it's a good conversation. But now that you say that, I, I know six people, three, uh, well, Actually, five and and one not associated with Galaxy, but I know six people who have passed away from COVID. Um, just thinking here, doing a little bit of math, there was Beverly, Betty, Donna, all in their 70s. And then there were two guys in their 40s and Peanut Johnson from yeah, Berea. I didn't know, realize Peanut was COVID. Right. And f only one of those six had a vaccine, and that was Beverly who was compromised with cancer and was fighting, was fighting a tough fight anyway. Yeah. So five out of the six were unvaccinated. Yeah. And, and which goes back to my point, it doesn't mean getting vaccinated. You have life immunity. If you have other underlying conditions, you are still at risk, man. You just really, you increase the chance you are going to live exponentially by taking that vaccine. Yeah. So, and yeah, I hate to know that I'm not going to hear Donna's voice yeah. when, when I call. Oh her. yeah. That's My a, New Jersey buddy. Sad. So rest in peace, Donna. Maybe she's looking down and, and, and laughing at me. Cause she'd be the, she'd be the last one to want any kind of, you know, don't talk about me. I'm not <laughs> that important. But, all right. So slightly off topic, which is what we do here on extreme common sense. But today's topic is the war on Christmas. And I will be honest in the interest of full disclosure, I'm deferring to Trisden. It looks like he has a few notes. I'm just going to have to see what comes up as we have this conversation. I mean, I'm familiar with it. It seemed to me like it was um, a, a few years old because I said this to Trizd and we chat a little bit about a show, but then I think you made the point that with Biden in office, it sort of reared its head again. No, that's that's what I think. I mean, it tends to be an issue when- And so explain the war on Christmas. What's actually meant by it? Okay, well, essentially, if you watch Fox News, if you watch some of the right-wing networks, you know, you start around this time of year seeing a lot of headlines. Uh, liberals at it again, war on Christmas. You know, I, I think you could Taking probably- Taking Christ out of Christmas? Yeah, oh, yeah, certainly see that. I mean, you, you, they might name the example of the Fox News Christmas tree getting burned down, which didn't seem to be politically which related. Which was a homeless guy right, who lit the crazy damn homeless on fire, guy. and then some whack job compared it to Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah, those are equivalent. Oh, yeah. my- but uh, no, it looks like you're, you're going to hear this, that liberals want to take, you know, liberals want to say happy holidays and not say Merry Christmas, right. Christmas and some effort to take Christ out of Christmas and to, you know, to keep Christians from being free or, you know, celebrating the way they want. Man, I don't know. In my research, I found like seasons, greetings and happy holidays is have been around for over a hundred years. It's just all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, could I make a suggestion on that? If you're talking to a, I, I mean, is this 
Profiling, perhaps. If you're talking to a person from India, you know, maybe you don't wish them a Merry Christmas. If you're talking to a person you know is Jewish, maybe you don't wish them a Merry Christmas. If you're talking to a, 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 a Saudi Arabian person, maybe you don't wish them a Merry Christmas. But if you're talking to the average white person in America, yeah, you can wish them a Merry Christmas. I mean, is that that crazy or is that extreme common sense? No, I, I think that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. But now you have a segment of the population that feels like that is, you know, to look at a Jew and say, you know, happy holidays. You're somehow being oppressed. By offering that very basic kindness of not assuming that they're celebrating what you celebrate. Now, I started my life, you know, I remember at a very young age because half my family is Irish and half my family is Jewish. It was always very important to my mom, who's Irish. Whenever we sent my dad's side of the family their Christmas cards, they got holiday cards or they got season's greeting cards. So, I, you know, from an early age, I knew that that was sort of a way that we pay respect to people that are different than us. Right now, as I've gotten older and become an adult and I've had these conversations with my cousins and my aunts, it's like, would you guys have really been offended? Like, would you have not liked, Oh, we wouldn't care. You know, right. so it's like me. And again, nobody I think is really getting offended to hear Merry Christmas. Nobody's going to be offended. Well, I think the right is more offended to hear happy holidays than a Jew or a Muslim is to hear Merry Christmas. Well, that's fair. There because you go. I've, you know, again, in my job, I've, Daily, as we sell these Christmas greeting promotions to local businesses, man, one out of five businesses will tell me, listen, you better not put anything on there that says happy holidays. It's It's Merry Christmas, and that's how we do. And, man, which is fine, you know. I mean, Lord knows I don't want to, you know, let people, this is America, celebrate how you want, say what you want. But at the same time, to feel like just because you're trying to include those of us that don't look like you and me or that don't look like, you know, Joe Schmo from central Kentucky that we can't just say right. and something then, that's inclusive. And if you take it all the way back, you should ask them, do you have any idea why we put red and yellow and orange and green and blue lights up for Christmas? What does that have to do with the birth of Jesus in any way? And of course it doesn't. It has to do with 2,000 years ago when Christianity was in its infancy, it was competing with paganism. And the pagans did the December 21st shortest, you know, winter solstice shortest day of the year, which is when? Tomorrow? Uh, Today's the 20th? Yeah. So tomorrow's the shortest day of the year. So the pagans celebrated with all kinds of lights. It was the shortest day of the year. Well, the early Christians picked that up as a way to compete, and hence we have lights associated with the birth of Jesus having nothing to do. It's like Easter eggs at, uh, it's like eggs at Easter. That was the right of fertility. They were competing with the pagans. So that's the that's why there's eggs affiliated with Easter, having nothing to do with anything with the birth or death of Jesus. Yeah. So from the jump, it's been, you know, something that you could pick fun at and, ha- you know, and pick apart a little bit. Well, and that's something, too, I think. I don't know that a lot of Christians realize that. Like, mm-hmm. it's the, the, the pagan son... You know, sure. holiday of December 25th, and that's how it's, you know, sort the 21st, of... 21st, it was the winter solstice, yeah, Festival they, of Lights, so they coincided yeah. the birth of Jesus, because nobody actually knows when Jesus was born. Right. Well, actually, and it, I don't believe it was the 25th of December. No, well, the December 25th <laughs> holiday itself was actually the Roman celebration of the sun. Well, there you go. So, yeah. So that tied in there, too, yeah. yeah. I don't know that a lot of Christians think about that, right? That, you know, this is really not even actually the birth of Christ. Right. This is, you know, holidays that we've stolen over, you know. Yeah, well, it's, birth, it's celebration of the birth of Christ, but I don't, sure. think, I don't yes. think we know it's that day. Exactly. And, and in fact, I think not. we know think it's there, not. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's Bible verses that specify, I think it's a springtime birth. Nah, probably September 25th, my birthday. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you the second coming, right? <laughs> well, no, I don't want to say that. Wow. No, they will torch my car. How about that? Uh, 
Yeah. No, just coinciding with. Well, my brother was this way off the topic, but uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated November 22nd, 1963. My brother Tom was born November 22nd, 1964, and always said, I'm the reincarnated JFK. <laughs> That's pretty good. But you know, let, let's give the right credit. I mean, you know, the right oftentimes calls the left snowflakes. But, man, to me, this is a right-wing snowflake issue. Like, yeah, I mean, if is, you get upset because, you know, somebody says happy holidays, you're kind of a snowflake. Right. Like, if that is enough to upset you, like, listen, if a happy greeting that's meant to be a nice greeting yeah. to you makes you mad. And, you know, and possibly in so doing, maybe not offend anybody, right? right. I mean, it's it's nice not to offend people. So if you're in company with somebody who doesn't celebrate the holiday and you say hey, happy holidays, because even... Even if you are completely without any religion, January 1st is still a holiday. It's the new year. Sure. So, yeah, at least in the Western calendar, right? So, yeah, so it's a happy holidays, right? It's it's a really sort of neutral and generic greeting that takes away. But now, oh, I'm upset they said happy holidays. You're upset at happy holidays. Really? Yeah, wow. Like, to me, We're never going to please you people, are we? No. I mean, if the if the greeting was like, you know, F Christmas. Yeah, yes, right, right. Get mad. Then like, get mad. Hey, that's yes. kind of a, as a Christian, yes. I'm very offended by that. Fair, right. But you know, Happy as, holidays, pretty inoffensive. I'm including all my Jewish friends. I'm including my <laughs> yeah. Muslim friends, my Kwanzaa celebrating no, that's friends. That's great. You're exactly right. I mean, happy holidays is pretty, uh, you know, uh, what's that word? Obtuse or inobtuse, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not a greeting that should offend anyone. Right. But let me, this is what the right does so good. They had the. Or is that well? Maybe they do it so well. Oh, I'm not that bright, Ray. My, to my, try and my teach English, me anything at my, this point. My college English teacher, professor, daughter would correct you on that. I uh, think I think it's well. I hope my Berea College uh, communication uh, professor Verlaine McDonald never listens. I, I think I'm it's sure what they she cringes well. a lot at the things <laughs> that I've drank away over the. What an ass of I am! Huh? Just years. let me let you go on. Oh well, well, don't worry. I don't remember the point at all at this point. <laughs> no, what they do well <laughs> is what, they. No, but what the right does so messaging? darn so darn good, Ray. <laughs> <Messaging>. <laughs> is that they're able to brand the left as anti-Christmas. Man, once you do that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, if what you're trying to do is villainize half the country, <laughs> once you've done that, these motherfuckers hate Christmas. There's not... Anything else is believable, right? Where if they, do you go from that's, there? That's a fantastic uh, I point. Vote for the... Now, so I gotta ask you this, then. Sure. Do you don't think... <laughs> At the advent of this, you don't think that was really the goal, was it? To just make the left against Christmas and then you could make them against anything? Because maybe so. Because, oh, I think so. Because the charges against the left are freaking outlandish. Right. Like they're hiding kids in caves to go have sex with them and this kind of nonsense. Drinking the blood. Of Does that stem out of something as simple as they're opposed to Christmas so they're capable of anything? Well, you know, and you talk about Rush Limbaugh quite a bit. I think the, Who? War, <laughs> the war on Christmas started with a book in 2005, or it really came kind of mainstream in 2005 when a guy named John Gibson wrote a book called The War on Christmas, something about, you know, why Democrats hate Christmas. And Bill O'Reilly, I guess, read that Jumped book. Jumped right on it. Jumped right on it. And Bill O'Reilly. Who really killed Jesus? Did. did he write that book? He, I think so. Yeah. But Bill really kind of took that to the next level. But I do think there you could make a you could make a comparison to, you know, really just demonizing the left. Like there has it's like wartime. You know, what well, we used to do to the Japanese during the World War. I but mean to truthfully. I, that's a wonderful point, but I think you even got to go further back. Now, you were born in 80, right? Right. So that's the year Reagan was elected. I was 20. And my politics were not 
too, you know, keenly advanced at that point. I was sort of just coming into it in the 80s. But what Ronald Reagan did so marvelously was he took that word liberal, which if you look it up, I mean, I, I should look it up and read it, actually. I, I have to take my phone off uh, airplane so that it doesn't um, ring. But the word itself, I think anybody would be proud to be described as, right? But what Reagan did was he took that word, oh man, Trizen, I didn't... Um, Bring my glasses. So, so the actual dictionary definition of liberal is willing to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from one's own, open to new ideas. That's the first definition. And the second is relating to or denoting a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. Nothing about that really that drastic or no. hard to associate with. And Reagan took that and turned it in and Reagan's people to a pejorative. Yeah. So, and, and that's where I always pick on Limbaugh because he picked up on that and just took it from there. So now we're starting in 80 and coming through the eighties because there was a time in this country when liberals, that word was greatly respected with FDR and Adelaide Stevenson and people like that, Hubert Humphrey, George McGovern. I mean, these were liberals who got a lot done and people looked at them with a lot of respect and it was not a pejorative in any way, but it started to become a word that was nasty. Oh my God, they're liberals. And so for the last literally 40 plus years now, we've been living and liberals have been living with, oh God, you're a liberal, you're a baby killer, you're this, you're that, whatever, you know, crazy. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't like that. And and that part of the, you know, is what I hope again is what we try to do here with the show. But the fact that they've done such a good job of branding half the people as bad. And, and we often talk about what is the comparison on the left? I don't know that the left... Now, there's some stupid stereotypes of the ignorant Republicans or, you know, the people that vote against their interests. But again, I think there's a difference between saying they often vote against their interest because we try to help the poor or they vote against their interest because the the social programs, for example, that we want to introduce would help versus saying the right saying the left, they're evil, like they're bad yes. human beings. Yes. So I don't right. know that there's, you know, and, and you look at January 6th and some of the things that have spawned and, and I think this is going to continue unless the right backs off that because that man, that it's hard language. There really does seem to be a difference. Like you and I center left, we invite people in from the right. Maybe we talk behind their back, have some fun at their expense, but I, <laughs> I but I can't think of when we did. Sure. And you're right, there are some ivory ivy tower or ivory tower intellectuals who, you know, fly over countries a very derogatory term and you know, I tease my northeastern brother you know, born in, and raised and still lives in Jersey, but has been here, you know, 25 times in my 30 years. So he knows the area well. So he's moved off a little bit, but he's got a little bit of air of pretension. And, and I get that. But I don't, the point I'm trying to make here is I don't feel there's that hatred on the left for the right. They may think that they're barefoot and straw in their teeth and, you know, but they're still decent people. There's people on the right who just hate people because they are progressive, liberal, democratic. And I'm not sure that that's equivalent on the left. I'm just not. I I haven't found that. You know, me either. Sitting here thinking about that and, you know, even thinking about it pre-discussion. You know, I think if you watch enough left-wing uh, TV shows, you know, if you watch your Stephen Colbert's and, yeah. you know, Daily Show, that type of thing, there's some fun poke, like you said. But I there think is it, much, yes. at the end of the day, it's going to be, look, we've got to talk. We've got to get together. More of an attitude what, that I hope that we have here on the show. Right. 
But I think if you have those same conversations with the right, at the end of the day, it's like, man, let's wipe those motherfuckers off the face of the earth, kind of. Like, there's some ugly rhetoric from the very far right. Or let's just completely ignore them. And I suppose, Tristan, that leads us to an answer to that question of where is that equivalency on the left? Like, I don't think that... So there are people who literally, literally believe that, you know, back to that Pizzagate thing, that there are Democrats and Democratic politicians who are hiding children in places like, uh, uh, well, now there's another one with this furniture store, Wayfair or something. And there's numbers that are substituting for children. Jesus Christ. Supposedly with that one, because the furniture is so expensive on the site that supposedly the furniture represented children that were being shipped and sex trafficked. And again, I, I don't want, and I hope nobody listening to this thinks that what I'm saying is this is how all Republicans are, or even most. I'm not saying that at all. I just think there's a pretty big fringe element on the far right that we don't have on the far left that really hate infinitely the left. So Tristan, I think it goes back to the question that I've asked 10 times in our 17 shows. So if you are a proud Republican, and again, you and I have agreed all the respect in the world for conservatism, because it's a philosophy that makes so much sense, never been a social program invented as good as a job. I get all that. It doesn't make any sense for Tristan and Ray to answer that question because our politics lean a little left. If you're a proud conservative, you have to answer that question. Who are these fucking kooks that are in your party that are saying this stuff, and what do you do about them? You've got to, you know, this is something Mitch McConnell suffers from. Some proud Republican has to stand up and say, you people are insane and you have to stop this because you're hurting our view. You know what that allows, Tristan? That allows somebody who's got an air of pretension, and I love him to death, and he's the smartest, most well-read guy I know, and I hope he's listening to these podcasts. Tom, I'm not picking on you, but he's a Northeastern guy, and uh, you know his son went to Yale, so there's a little bit of that looking down, but it allows him to look down because he says, Buzz, nickname that my family calls me, look at these whack-offs. I'm not going to make an effort because they're fucking insane. So unless you address that as a proud Republican who wants your party to flourish, you've got a problem because these people seem to be taking over that party. Yeah, no, and again, you're exactly right. And the base is so motivated to vote for these crazy people like... You know, you go back to Jeb Bush v. Donald Trump in the last primary. I mean, he, you right. know, Jeb Bush could not have been a more qualified person. Governor of Florida, you know, would have won that swing state. I mean, got zero traction. The base loved Donald Trump calling everybody nicknames right. that were like. What was he? Sleepy Jeb? No, Sleepy oh, Joe. It oh, was something. Low, low energy. Low Jeb. energy. Low yeah. energy. He did. He branding. I mean, he's he's yes. a he's a marketing genius, and he market or, or a branding genius, and he branded his opponents. But it's Lion the, Ted Cruz and Low Energy Jeb, Crooked Sleepy Hillary. Joe, Crooked Hillary. Man, that yeah. was fantastic. But, hey, do you completely off topic? Which is what we do. Yeah. I'm seeing her. Hillary's not going to be the candidate in 24. No, no, the right is saying that right now. But, but I no. like I saw her on some show the other day. I'm flipping through the and I've had enough Hillary. I'm like, all right, sure, Mr. Yeah. Miss Clinton, you got to go. And I'm flipping yeah. through the channels. I'm like, oh Jesus, here's Hillary. Oh my God. No, I, <laughs> I see Hillary the way I feel like most of my uh, conservative friends see Trump right now. Man, they love him and they think he's great. I, I think Hillary probably would have been one of the most prepared uh, politicians in our lifetime. But she can't win. No. So why run somebody that can't win? No, but is she looking at an opening, Tristan? Because Uncle Joe is struggling like hell. Kamala Harris is not going to be a candidate. And if she is, she'll be a terrible candidate. You know, 
Do is I she think going, in Hillary's mind? Does she think, man, yeah, do I got one more round in me? These sure. These people are filled with ego, boy. Yeah, but do I think that that will tone down come No, well, time? that's yes. uh, that's so funny. Tone down, I was, it was just going through my head. All that does is is continue to feed all the fires of this fucking crazy right-wing hysteria. Yeah. You know, you just need to bring somebody else in. Like Pete Buttigieg. What would he bring to it that the right might find problems I with? I can't imagine anything about Pete Buttigieg's personal life that the right <laughs> m- might take issue with. But look, right, and, and we were talking, the show sort of is about the crazy things, like the crazy fake social issues that uh, the right has come up with, like the war on Christmas. But look, man, if you take Hillary Clinton and you ask a Republican or even probably a middle right Republican. Hater. Why do you hate her? But the list of stuff they're going to give you is like a lot of fake things. It's, oh, it's Vince Foster, and it's this, oh, right. and it's that, and it's right. just a lot of things that hey, are Hey, by the like, way, what is sh- stuff? Stuff is uh, that I've been re-listening to the episodes, and I'm maybe <laughs> taking the, the, the foul language. At, at, uh, ex- hey, can I address excessive. that? Sure. So back to my brother, and I hope you're listening, Tom, but Tommy was listening to our podcast, and we had a conversation with Troy, and, you know, we're in a part of the country that, you know, if you're language is not salty that's probably better and and it's not a problem for me because i was in radio for so long and the microphone is a gatekeeper but my brother said you know i'm listening to you guys and i like it but it sounds a little fake why do you never swear and i'm like what and he goes well you know if i'm if i'm if we're sitting around my backyard having a beer chatting the language is going to be a little bit salty so i told Trizzy that and Trizzy like I'm all in god damn he's right <laughs> <laughs> no but it, yes I, I love that because you know as we're sitting here talking about this and I am passionate you know in this discussion well that was his I, point I and would be you're gonna you know, drop an f-bomb right. or you're gonna say a-hole or or whatever it is yeah. so so that that's just kind of a funny little thing that we've done but um yeah so thanks Ray's brother I appreciate the opening <laughs> Tom, there you got him going yeah, thanks but yes the the hatred for Hillary is crazy but your point is a lot of it is just the misguided nonsense that Falwell Chronicles from the from the 90s that yeah. had the Clintons murdering people Murder and, and, and bringing cocaine into the Little Rock air, uh, Airport and Man, see all that. You know. It's a lot. So and again, I'm all <sighs> for disliking people. You know, on both sides, but disliking, oh, for disliking people, <laughs> disliking damn it. Po- especially politicians. But let's dislike them for real reasons. So I'm looking at the time. We've got like seven minutes till we end the show, and I don't know that we've done much on the war at Christmas. So I'm going to shut up and let you go over your notes and tell us oh, no. what that war on Christmas is and if you still think it's being fought. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be such an easy thing to throw on Newsmax and Fox News every time there's a Democrat in office. Look, I'm sure nobody celebrated more Christmases over the last 300 years than Joe Biden. Look, I'm sorry. He, he does. This man celebrates Christmas. You know, he's not telling anybody not to. He's not trying to take Christianity out of Absolutely Christmas. He's not. not trying to take Jesus Christ out of Christmas. Nope. It's just not the case. Now, here's a, a quote from Fox News, Ray. Uh, this is uh, in my research. This is from a Washington uh excuse me, a New York Times article. And I quote, the next step after saying happy holidays is abortion on demand and euthanasia. Well, there you go. I mean, give me a break. Right. Like this is the type of thing, again, if there's not more media elements and look, we're we're not going to get a million downloads on our podcast more than likely. I don't know. Hopefully. Says you. But, but if we don't have more people that are trying to find some common ground, I mean, we just have the right feeling like the, the left is a bunch of people who want to murder children, or if you're really crazy, drink their blood for right. life. Like, look, man, we've we've got to do better. And once you have stated that a person on the right, really, where does the conversation go? 
Can you invite a person in who believes that to have any kind of a rational conversation in this forum? Because you and I will invite anyone in. I'd love to hear from all sides, but man, that's maybe you and I have to reach a point too and just go, okay, whatever percentage that <laughs> is, three, five, hopefully no more than that of the American populace, maybe you just got to write them off because how can you come to any rational agreement with somebody who holds those views? Well, first, that would be our most entertaining show, I think. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun to listen to somebody try to explain that. But That's fair. But no, no I mean, you, you can't, you know, I, I've had clients, you know, that, that say stuff and, and you're just like, you know, the really deep conspiracy stuff. And there's there's not a conversation that's there. There's not a rational conversation. It's to be had. very difficult. And if it? you try to tell them, OK, well, if you go to PolitiFact, you know, or you go to Snopes or some of these nonpartisan websites and, and you know, try to have just a, a breath of rational. Oh, well, of course, that's what they want you to believe. Of course so the, the danger then, Tristan, is it, here's where it has a real world effect and a real world negative effect. So all of that crazy shit leads these people to believe Bill Gates is putting a freaking microchip in their arm. So I'm not getting the vaccine. Right. You see, that's the danger. Yeah. So we can bring the show war on Christmas full circle to where I talked about my wonderful friend who passed and unfortunately was not vaccinated, not trying to make a political point, but now ending the show by saying, yeah, you see that kind of craziness that feeds all that conspiracy can lead you not to do something in your own self-interest. Yeah, exactly. Because you think Bill Gates is putting a microchip in your arm. Yeah. So again, you know, I just advise folks and I think it's so hard for folks of a certain age that are on Facebook. You know, one of the wonderful things 20 years ago, you would hear all the time, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. And now it's just like the same folks that were telling their kids that 20 years ago are, you know, 65 years old and they just see this stuff and they think it's absolute fact. Not everybody. There's a lot of people that would vet those types of things. But unfortunately there's a lot of people who don't vet those types of things and just think, uh, my friends from high school are posting that, and that must be the reality. You know, I got an idea for a show. Well, let's hear it. We need to get Mark Zuckerberg here. You know what? I was going to call him uh, today when Tony canceled, and uh, yeah, and, and I forgot. So yeah, next next time if we have something come up, Tony. Yeah, you Tony. Listen, you comment a lot. I think he got you're going to come man. in. I think he listened to a few shows as a buildup, and he's like, "Man, I don't think I can. I, I, I'm I'm going to be over my head in that studio." I'm calling him out. I think you're right, Ray. I think he just got a little nervous yeah, about little, it. Yeah, a little cold feet, said he had a sore throat, was in bed. Yeah, mm. Tony, come on, Sounded man. like we need to call the ambulance for him. I've got another friend of mine who um, who actually started listening because he knows Emily uh, personally, and he heard that show. And Dave is a very dear friend and has been for years, and he's affectionately known as BFD, and we won't give you that acronym. But he so said- Dave knows that? He said, uh, you have- it's me, man. Dave said uh, you have that's which leads into this perfectly. He said, I'm I'll come in and do the show, but you can't bust my balls. And I'm like, Dave, balls. That's I them from from Jersey. It's like the ball breaking capital of the world. I cannot make that promise, David. But uh, he wants to come on and and uh, and have a conversation. So that's great. And I figure this, you know, the more people who come in there, tell five people, who tell exactly. five people. Eventually, we'll rule the world. We can get past our seven <laughs> listeners. Yeah, eventually, right. we'll rule the world. So, okay, I got nothing more on the war on Christmas. And, and uh, I hope we covered it at least a little. And I see that it's almost quitting time. So if you want to wrap it up. Oh, you got your commercial. I did, well, yes. we, we, we do have a little something here. To our discuss. sponsor. Also here, people who watch Fox News are 10% more likely to believe in a war on Christmas. That's just a fact mm, from New there York There you Times. go. So, yeah, I'll just uh, also, okay, a couple more quick things. Jews and Muslims, when polled, are overwhelmingly happy to hear Merry Christmas. There you I go. don't mind because it's a nice, so, yeah, it's fine. That's great. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah, this is the type of thing that divides. So, okay, since we're new to the podcast game and we don't have any sponsors yet, and before, Ray, we hire that sales staff, I want to take a break and discuss, uh, let's see, my best friend. So, yeah, if you don't mind, I'd like to discuss my best friend. During the holidays, it's more important than ever to remember those who have your back year-round, and there is no better time than the holiday season to take a moment and remember who is important. So if I could, I would like to carve out just a few minutes to thank my dear friend, Alcohol. <laughs> alcohol, you have never denied me a Christmas bonus or flirted with my wife when I went to the bathroom. Alcohol has never kept me on hold for 45 minutes while waiting for customer service. Alcohol makes sense out of this crazy world. And as we sit here and talk politics, my mind keeps going back to my sweet, sweet, sweet friend, alcohol. So when you're sitting with your sister-in-law and her new Scientologist boyfriend this holiday season, crack open a delicious container of alcohol just like your podcast friend Trisden will. Thanks, alcohol. See you next year. But seriously, don't drink and drive. Please drink responsibly. My only my only response, Trisden, is cheers. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. It's been another episode of Extreme Common thank Sense. Thank you, thank you. Trisden Array, we'd like to thank Troy. We'd like to thank Stoveleg Media and Nate. We'd like to thank, uh, what's our studio called here? Front Porch, Front Porch. Studios. Front Porch. Uh, all, everything uh, Troy and Nate have done for us, all of our guests, except the ones that didn't come today. Yeah. All right. We're going to give you a rain check, Tony. And hopefully we didn't offend anyone today. No, agreed. And we'll, but if we'll, we did, if we did, the door is open. Come on. Come on and talk to us. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're wrong and tell us about the children being hidden in caves. I'd like to at least hear why they are or whatever. Also, if children are giving eternal life to Democrats, I feel like I should get one. Oh, is that part of it too? I think so. It's like vampires and shit, lizard people. Well, that's a. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. <laughs>